Good morning, Tear. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Heater, our third guest. Our Heater was on point this morning, but has since quieted down. Are you going to be cooperative during our session, Heater? I'm staring no. at it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Everything wa- everyone and everything wants to be on our pod. I know. You know. Our whole neighborhood, so. our heater. But good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, or good evening. Why should we assume when you listen to this? Who knows? Any time of day. You're welcome here. We hope you're having a decent, lovely, delicious day. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> All right, Tear. So, when I was reading this chapter, I was really feeling for some of my friends who are true. They have arachnophobia. They have a fear Mm -hmm. of spiders. They don't even like hearing the word spider or thinking about it, reading about it. So, I was thinking about them, and I was curious. Your your thoughts, your relationship, your fears, your memories of spiders. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. I feel like... I don't mind them, but if they're near me, that's a whole other story. So we're socially distanced and practicing that beautifully. We're good. <laughs> like, even if I see one on my wall and it's not close by. That's okay. I feel calmer. And I, Patrick and I are actually pretty good at getting it in, like, a Tupperware. Yeah. And taking it outside. Saving it. Also, I do respect spiders because they are very helpful to the insect kingdom of maintaining... Um, the population, and taking care of mosquitoes. They do a lot of work, yeah. Mosquitoes are my least favorite. Like, yeah, if we're talking about cute. mosquitoes, it's a whole other story. Remember I told you I killed one in my room not long ago, and there was blood yeah, everywhere, everywhere. And I was like, that's my blood! Like, that's my ew. blood! <laughs> yeah, that's that's gross. He was the so... He thing. was huge. It was a huge mosquito. It was Ooh. wild. And they so fly. Like, There's, like, a different <sighs> fear there. Yeah, yes. and he, he was eating me. He was eating you. <laughs> but yeah. anyways, I... So I love a, I love a spider for that reason. Ooh, yeah. I mean, we're also not talking about the spider that is in this Wizard of Oz chapter, this which is, is ginormous. <laughs> but... The one experience that I will never forget, I don't know if I've ever told you this, I must have been like 13 or 14. I remember the bathing suit. It was this black and white, um, like almost looked like a dress bathing suit that I loved. I was going to put my bathing suit on to go to like a birthday party or something. And I put it on and I felt something like up my butt cheek, up my back. (laughs) And I immediately started like flailing my body parts and I threw the bathing suit off and the spider was on my bathing suit and went running and it was huge. It was a big one. Ew, I feel like creepy crawlies on me. That was the worst experience I've ever had with a spider. I don't even know if I got that one because I was so shocked that it was like on my butt. On your butt. on in my butt. Get it That's my biggest fear. <laughs> it's like them going into crevices. I mean, that's Ugh, the okay. horror stories <laughs> I hear is like ears. Them like burrowing Isn't into there people's people, ears. There was that weird stuff. Like we all swallow a certain number of spiders a year in our sleep. They just like crawl into our mouth. I think that's true, right? Like there is like that stuff. Should we look that up? Maybe it's maybe it's just something. So they... we consulted. <laughs> The almighty oracle of Google, who... The Google is our crystal ball, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, Before we Professor look Marvel. into it. <laughs> Google is saying in a fact and fiction debate that it's more fiction. Correct. Right. Britannica as well is saying this is a myth. 
So I totally lied to everyone. Just but that was a myth that was totally popular. <laughs> right? You, you heard it, right? As a yeah. kid. It was one of those things that you kids would be like, <laughs> have you heard of this thing? And they'll be frightened. I accepted it. I was like, you know what? Whatever I don't right. know I do in my sleep doesn't hurt me. So It says apparently that, oh... Maybe it's one spider. It likely originated in a... It was one spider. (laughs) It likely originated in a 1993 magazine article about how Uh. readily people accept as fact information (gasps) they read online. Fake news! No matter how ridiculous it seems. Oh, wow. So it's fake news and we And we were just like, "Uh uh-huh. And I just repeated it on the podcast and now I have been proven We debunked it at least. So now spread the word, everyone. Yeah, that it's a is laugh. a myth. It's a laugh. Wow. <laughs> what about you, Em? Oh, okay. I feel like I've told you this before. I used to love Daddy Long Legs. I thought they yeah. were. Yeah. I thought they were just so cool and pretty. And I had this little backyard, little dollhouse. Not dollhouse. I'm not a doll. It <laughs> felt like a dollhouse. It was like a little miniature playhouse that I would play in, and it, there was always cobwebs, and the Daddy Long Legs would be there, and I would just watch them, and I thought they were so cool. Yeah, they are cool because apparently they're one of the most poisonous spiders, but they're so small. <sighs> I don't think they could really do any harm that when to they us. bite you. Yeah, nothing can happen, and I always was very intrigued by that. Um, I feel like I had a few friends or like science teachers who had tarantulas. Those scare me. Tarantulas are a whole other Those story. freak me out. They're all furry and huge. The bigger the spider, the more creeped out I would get. I, I don't need to watch a tarantula. Like, no, that is something that I don't will need give to hold one. Yeah, Black widows that. in my grandparents' house. That was always a thing. Like you don't. You got to be really careful of black widows. So I, don't think I ever grew up with those. Yeah, in California. Yeah, they were. I feel like everywhere in, like, sheds and garages and stuff. But, yeah, I agree. If I see one now in my room, I'm, and it's far away and it's small, I'm like, you're fine. Okay. But if you're it's fine. But if it's on me, I feel like I would react the same way you did. I try to save bugs. I'm the Tin Woodman in that way. Yeah, I try to save small them every creatures. time. But if they're in your house, sometimes it's a different story. Well, guess what? We're going to even talk about eating ins- insects later, so get ready. Oh. I'm Tara. <laughs> I'm MK. <laughs> and you're listening to Down the Yellow Brick Pod, Survivor Edition. Hopefully you've recovered from that (laughs) uh, suspenseful tidbit from Tear. I'm excited. So welcome. Oh my gosh, we're on chapter 21. The lion becomes the king of beasts. We only have four more. Four more chapters of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. That's crazy. This has gone by fast. I'm looking at my copy that I've been using, which is... Actually, let's... You've been using the one that you've shouted out from the beginning, which is the Penguin Threads. Illustrated by Rachel Sumter. Yes, it's gorgeous. I've been using a Barnes & Noble edition... It's a good one. That has a little bit of the movie intertwined and Mm -hmm. the original W.W. Denslow as well. Not all of the original illustrations have made it into this book, but this was published in 2013. I believe I got it when we were on tour because I think I reread The Wizard of Oz while we were on tour. Um, And the cover illustration is by Paul Gerard. Hmm. um, And the design is by Joe 
Aborowski and Patrice. I love Patrice. What a Patrice. great name. Patrice Kaplan. Shout out. <laughs> yes, and it has um, it has an illustration, but it also has our friends from the, <laughs> the film. The movie, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a cool, it's definitely an Instagrammable I cover. Really, yeah, I love this one with this, the colors, the ruby red This everywhere. is totally when um, Instagram was becoming like a place <laughs> for like, mm. showcasing. And like, I, I really do think Instagram probably affected some of these cover oh, designs yeah, moving for sure. forward for to sure. be like eye candy. Yes. But yeah, it's so nice to just look at these copies oh, and like see all my like notes. Notes. That are yeah. filling it on up and underlines. My and book feels a little more worn, which is, is which I love. You know, look at the edges. We used it, flipped through it. It's it's filled with more love now. This is exciting. It is exciting. Not like the porcelain dolls. <laughs> bye bye porcelain dolls. So, why don't we get into our bullet points? Yeah, girl. Of this chapter, would you like to go first? Sure. Okay. Chapter. XX1. XX1. Bullet point number one. Finally escaping the land of white fragility. Our on-edge friends descend down the wall upon an untamed country that swallows them whole, where they slowly and carefully make their way through, and the cowardly lion feels distinctly at home. Bullet point number two. After passing the night... The next morning, our friends continue into the woods. There it is. And then stumble upon an opening where hundreds of animals are gathered, growling over great troubles. But feel relief upon seeing the lion, oh, king of beasts, begging him to bring peace to the forest as they're threatened by a monstrous arachnid that has been gruesomely devouring their kingdom. (gasps) Bullet point three. The lion sees an opportunity and cashes in, mm-hmm. asking to be king of the forest if he's able to defeat the not-so-itsy-bitsy spider, <laughs> which the animals agree to, and the lion does, battling the spider as the spider sleeps. Kind of an unfair fight, just a side note there. Mm-hmm. And knocking off his head like a queen of hearts from Alice in Wonderland, <gasps> returning victoriously and ready to rule once Dorothy finds her way back home like the lion just found his home. Oh, oh wow. This was one of my faves. <gasps> Two song shout outs. A little nursery rhyme. Yeah, a little nursery, nursery rhyme, a little, uh, a little, little musical theater. musical theater nursery rhyme. <laughs> Little Sondheim rhyme. That was um, that was incredible. I actually really enjoyed this chapter, so I'm excited to hear your I can't wait. how you bulleted this. All maybe. right. Oh gosh, here we go. Bullet point number one: clumsily scaling the dainty China country wall, our friends find themselves safely on the other side for now, and wade through tall grass, muddy holes, and a wild country until they reach a large forest of mossy trees. Leading to the lion to profess his desire to live in this wonderful place (sighs) before they all lay down to sleep. Except our resident insomniacs, the scarecrow and tin woodman, (laughs) of course. My favorite detail. I know. Bullet point number two. Like, what do they do? Do they, like, listen to podcasts all night? Do they just chat, pillow talk? Oh, I if I just edited a whole clip of it in my head of just, like, hearing, like, crickets chirping and them just staring. (laughs) Twiddling thumbs. <laughs> Bullet point number two. <laughs> the next morning, they suddenly begin to hear growling, spooking Toto, 
and encounter a large meeting of hundreds of elephants, tigers, bears, and more, until the biggest tiger of the group approaches the lion, imploring him for his help to kill a huge predatory spider, leading to a bargain that if the lion defeats the arachnoid villain, the rest of the animals will bow down to him as the king of the forest. Bullet point number three. Immediately marching away proudly toward a grove of oak trees, the lion discovers the sleeping terror, pounces on his back, and with one swipe of his claws, knocks its head clean off, finally returning to the animals of the forest and promising to return and rule over them as soon as his dear friend Dorothy is safely home in Kansas. Yes, I feel like our bullet points, I mean, you gave the lush deets. <laughs> you always do. Like, you hit all the details that are in the, uh, the chapter, which are amazing. It's basically plagiarism. I just, I rephrase that. There's really... Cliff's notes version. I do love, <laughs> he, L. Frank Baum isn't the most descriptive, which mm. we've talked about pretty, con- we've talked about that consistently. Yeah, it's a little more simple. Simple, but there's like, when he does sugar it in, like he sprinkles that sugar in, it's really like well embraced, I feel like on my end. Yeah. And it also allows us to get ridiculous in our ways of putting some Imagine adjectives yeah. and like descriptive words on these. I really yes. think that's why this has actually stood the test of time because I do right. think adjectives date something. That's very true. Yeah, there's there's a lot of room to imagine for ourselves. Yeah. And the fact that it does he doesn't really, as we've said, go into great detail of Dorothy's internal thoughts sometimes leaves room for interpretation. Yeah. Allows us to be her. Which yeah. we're all Dorothy. We're all Dorothy. We're all of them. You're Dorothy. The heater. You're the Dorothy. Heater, the heater is Dorothy. <laughs> I know your journey today is to disrupt us on this podcast, <laughs> so we're keeping an eye on you. I know. All right, Ooh. let's look at some WWD. Let's do it. Okay, first, wait, hold up. Hold the phone. Where did this crown come from that is on the it's lion's head? It's never explained. Okay, so right? listeners, listen up. He if has you, it even before he kills the spider. Yeah, go rush and get your copy right go now. Go it. ahead, we'll wait. Go get your copy that has the <laughs> WW Denzel drawings in it. And please... See this crown what is happening? that is on the lion's head mm. pretty consistently through the chapter. I've, yeah. Oh, I have an idea. What if it's his imagination that we're seeing? He feels the crown, but no one actually that is sees cute. it. We see it. <gasps> no because one this else is his sees chapter. It. This is his chapter. That's really he sweet. Hasn't really had one since. This is his, his starring moment. Yeah. This is I, his step up moment. In my head, this is his like superhero. Movie. Yeah. This is his Marvel film. Yeah. Yeah. This is his <laughs> this Marvel film. This is his film. origin story. So, oh, what if it's just like, it's how he feels. He feels it. Okay. All right. Because it's not from the wizard, you know? But I also will talk more. I think like this is, I could see a little L. Frank Baum doing his own thing in the text and mm. WWD being like, I'm going to do my own thing in the illustrations consistently. But let's first describe what's on this chapter page. We have the lion in the said crown that just come appears out of thin air it's not in the previous chapters no. he's not king of beast yet but he's in the crown his tail is swooshing pointing mm-hmm. upward to the sky beautiful little bow around his tail he's definitely giving us that prim and propperness that i think he even floofed more he's in the floofy. emerald city yeah i think he enjoyed the pampering lifestyle of the emerald city and now is ready to go get um he loves tangled and messy again yeah but he looks very official yeah 
it reminds me of backing us up to when we first met the mm-hmm. Cowardly Lion. We talked about the library statues exactly. at the this New York is, Public Library. This is that, yeah. He's totally that, just standing his ground. So I wrote for this illustration, and it's just him looking into the chapter. I wrote puffed. Ooh, puffed. The chest is so word. proud. Yeah. And uh, poised. It's just this, uh, there's such an attention here, a soldier quality, but also a ruler. Like, we're yes. really seeing him step into the role of ruler. I love the the, the comparison to the public library lions that you made. That's I what I that. see. That's Leo. totally what I see. I wrote the word inauguration. <gasps> Maybe because that's on my mind. But um, it feels like a big, it's not, there's not really a ceremony happening, but if we're going off of the idea that this, there's, we're digging deeper into maybe what he's feeling. Yeah. Maybe he's feeling like this inaugural moment of this is my time to step up and be crowned <sighs> king of the beasts and prove mm. myself. He's sort of transforming in this chapter. I love that. Also, Patrick just started watching season four, I believe, of The Crown. I've never it just got it. dropped. I mean, The Crown <sighs> will make you want every tabloid ever about the royal family. <gasps> It is impeccable. It's so, it's also just brilliant cinematography. Each episode is a movie. It's so good. But I am behind. I I think I like fell asleep during season three a lot. I fell asleep during everything. (laughs) You started watching it too? No, I've never watched it, but I always fall asleep. Yeah. Everything I I watch. It's not because The Crown is not good. It's just, I think, the time of night. (laughs) That's all it is. But um, I'm behind Patrick. He's definitely more invested in it than I am. But he had it on last night and it was like, Diana's introduction. I was like so excited. I just wanted to see Diana Everyone for the first Diana. time. I know. I felt that last night. I was like, I just want to see She's Diana. She's a princess, like a true princess. And I want to know her story because I think the crown is doing a good job of giving a little bit more humanity yeah. and a little bit more like we're breaking down the barrier that we often all feel that mm. separates us from people of this status. Yeah. Ah, oh, I freaked out, but it made me. Yeah, Ooh. this makes me think of the so crown. He this is whole, in the crown. This is <laughs> yeah, moment. this whole chapter. Amazing. All right, we okay. have our next drawing. I love this drawing because I have theories about <gasps> the tiger. Is it the hungry one? Yeah, that one. Okay, we'll this get into the, this it. This is the meeting. This is their. I know. I, I just. I'm fascinated. We'll talk about it. But so this next chapter, we have the word after. And we have this tiger that's referenced in the chapter, the biggest, most powerful tiger of all the tigers. With his stripes, he's standing on his hind legs, his tail is wrapping down around the text. He looks shocked. His ears are like laying flat against his head. He's pointing off in the direction, supposedly, of danger of, danger yeah. of the spider. The lion is on all fours next to him, looking quite... He's just soaking in the information. He still has his crown tipped to one side, but he has a very stern face. Like, he is really getting briefed on something very serious. He's ready to pounce, ready to go. I wrote taking charge. Yes. He's stepping up as a leader. I mean, he has just arrived on the scene, and already the most powerful tiger looks to him... To say, please, please, please help us. He's ready. There's no moment of hesitation on his face that I see. His eyes are so bright. And Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of like a squint where you could see the concentration, which 
I love that. Yeah. Like, he is really, like you said, so present in taking this in. Like, his, all his animal instincts, I feel like, are, like, his fur would be up. Yeah. Um, I wrote Need It. Yeah. Like, he's desperately needed by this kingdom. Right. And um, I didn't know a better word because it did feel like high stake. So I'm mm-hmm. like, needs is like one of the most high stake words. It's not really a want. Like, they don't want him. No. They need him this to be high there. Stakes, yeah. Um, so this was, again, um, unbelievable timing on our travelers' <laughs> parts that they wandered into this opening right. what would at they this have time. Done? Really, they had no fallback plan. No, but this is yeah. What would the animals have done? I guess. Which I we'll have questions know. about that. We'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> so this next illustration is bizarre, and this is the final illustration oh. of this chapter. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this illustration has. I feel like I'm on the Jungle Cruise. There's yeah! an elephant in the back with um that is just gleaming gleaming over. Mm-hmm. Um witnessing this the lion is in front of the elephant um looking a little bit more stern and serious like i think realizing the gravity of what he's about to do and then here's (laughs) what i have questions about ww denzel what were we doing here who is this bear (laughs) who is this Times square bear like this is clearly (laughs) this is clearly a munchkin in a bear in a bear costume is this what is happening here so much bigger than it's that. also it's the neck. Okay, y'all. Again, get your copy. Go out. get this copy. because his head is not proportionate to his body. It looks like the head is put on. Like it looks like there's a big jagged yeah costume. Distinct difference between his like furry Party neck and then his body. I'm even gonna go that low. I'm gonna cut, I'm gonna cut deep there. This this face shape as well is not accurate. But also, so uh, bomb. And the text never mentions a bear in terms of the negotiations or the discussions. Right. He says there's like bears, there's bears and present. elephants, but he never calls out a bear to be the one who gives all the information. Right. This isn't a big moment. This looks like this would be the tiger spotlight here, but Denslow drew a bear, which could also get into maybe they both were had a little bit of a conflict on forest versus jungle. Like lions typically rule open countrysides. They don't typically Pride rule. Rock. Yeah, like jungle forests. Like they're not, not that I know basking them, I know in the shade. Like they're out, they're out in they're open like the sun. areas. Yeah, so it might be some conflicts on that part to maybe show animals that do exist in forests. Yeah, representation of the animal. Camera. Yes, that maybe Denslow felt the need to put the bear as the one talking, but like this bear bomb didn't change the text to fit <laughs> that. Bear is great, but this bear is a fake. I think. I'm also thinking there's no illustration of the spider, which I'm assuming because they don't want to frighten kids. Yeah. Right? I feel like it falls into the category of the Tin Woodman's interaction with the wizard as the crazy rhinoceros beast. Exactly. Because it's also described in such a mangled way that it would be right. also very hard to illustrate because it's it's very frankenstein again yeah some um, of our illustrations we have like the marvel copy yeah they go for it's it it's pretty pretty fun go I check just that out imagine um i imagine aragog from the harry potter world from chamber yeah. of secrets um Ooh. i imagine that's immediately what comes into my brain yeah even though i think the spider is a little bit more um demented looking in terms of like physicality there's a mention of body as big as an elephant legs as long as a tree trunk Mm -hmm. yeah these long legs 
And his big smile. Not smile, but he has, like, this huge set of teeth. Yeah. I pictured the, the creature from Stranger Things. Oh, right. <laughs> the season three. Not that big, obviously, but, like, huge, huge legs. And they're just, like a spidery. Weird, yeah, yeah, they remind sure. me of a spider. That's a cool... So is this spider the great, 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 great grandfather of the Stranger Things? <laughs> or Aragog, too. <laughs> right. If we're really going to cross over worlds. we got to cross them over. Where, how do massive spiders get created? <laughs> I don't know. For that illustration, I wrote superhero because, yeah, it just feels like, okay, this is his time to shine, his moment. I also love that the lion's tail is, like, wrapping around his legs. It's super cute. He's ready. He's ready to go. I think that's, like, that's a good detail that you pointed out. Like, he's very tight, like a pencil right now. And the tail wrapped around. energy is Yeah, it's, like, that's stiffening up and also, like, the confidence... I think busting through in the muscles, getting ready to yeah. go on this journey. Mm-hmm. I like that you pointed that out. I wrote down asserting, like mm. his power is really present in this one. Like I yeah. would be like this weird bear and trust <laughs> the lion. Like I would trust him to do this just yeah. based off of his presence and body language. Yes. Okay, illustrations. Woo! Thanks, illustrations. Okay, um. Yes. I want to um, see what your imagination sees upon the start of this chapter mm-hmm. where they came down from the China Wall mm-hmm. and they slid into this really rugged terrain again. They call it a disagreeable country. That is the first word we get. Mm-hmm. And you did a great job of explaining what this looks like, bogs, marshes, all that stuff. So what I feel like we never think about is, like, what did they look like? Like, Ooh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Dorothy's dress, did it get muddied? Like, they talk about these holes that they kind of, like, were sinking into. And, like, Ooh. how do you visualize this process? Like, Ooh. what pops out to you that you start to see? I love that you bring up that detail because I, I didn't think about that. And in the illustrations of the lion, there's no, like, muddy paws or anything. Now that you they mention can't it. can't be looking good. No. Now that you mention it, I'm thinking of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. When all the kids are shrunk. And they look busted. They did a good job with them. In the grass and literally falling into holes. There's a huge ant that maybe Auntie. is the spider. Auntie. They have mud all over their faces. Their hair is gross and disheveled. I don't even know what's on them. Their clothes are changing colors. Her dress can't look good after this. That's for sure. Poor Toto's probably oh, like less looking Real rough. The kiss does something Ooh. with protecting her body. Ooh. I don't know. Because in any, there's never any illustrations. I mean, call right. us out, listeners, if you disagree. If there's any illustrations that kind of show the wear and tear right. that this journey would put on them. I actually think that's interesting. Yeah. That no one has kind of done that yet that I've seen. They always look I, pretty right. sparkling. Let us know. But we also do know from past texts that they often clean up themselves up pretty quickly. They're ready to go. But I just can't yeah. imagine. Like, this much mud. Like, this had <gasps> this to look... This would be terrible. This had to look quite messy. Right. I imagine them just, like, crawling under things and maybe even carrying, like, the scarecrow at a certain point. Because he's... If he... I feel like if he gets wet, he's probably going to be, like, heavy and gross sloppy. and sloppy yeah. and fall apart. I feel like so. Dorothy has maybe also taken a journey from being more dainty and timid to yeah. 
Ooh. get dirty in yeah. the, in a sense that I don't think now, I see her now as like she's kind of leading and in there with she's them. ready. I think she's become a little bit more fearless and like you know she's not I don't think she's worrying about what she looks like or anything no. like that she's with her homeboys she's fine she's ready to go they love her no matter what yeah um so she I think she's just in there which yeah that excites me That's I would cool. love to see an image of Dorothy like in a, yeah. a thick forest like yeah feeling like Girl Scout of the Year getting yes. through that forest yes but, but the lion loves it. Yeah, that's I love this switch of like we're getting all the details of how hard it is, right? And then the lion <laughs> just blurts out that this is perfectly delightful. This forest is perfectly delightful. Never have I seen a more beautiful place, and I <laughs> love that because uh, the scarecrow says it seems gloomy, and then he says, "Not a bit of it. I should like to live here all my life." See how soft the dried leaves are under your feet and how rich and green the moss is that clings to those old trees. Surely no wild beasts wish a pleasanter home. So this makes me want to ask you, <laughs> do you feel this about any place that you have to kind of convince Ooh. other people oh. to get on board with? Oh, I feel that way about Queens. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. That's our home, guys. We live in We live in Queens. Queens, Astoria, Queens. And I no shade, but y'all who live in Manhattan who frown <laughs> on the outer boroughs, you need to get it together. <laughs> I've lived in Manhattan, I've lived on Roosevelt Island, I've lived all over and she's experienced. Honestly, I'm an experienced New Yorker. Um of course, love Manhattan, and my dream is still Upper West Side. Like, I'll be basic and bougie and want to be up there. Um, but everyone, you know, in the past, I've had friends who are like, why don't you move to Manhattan? You're so far away. Like, where is Queens? Where are you in Queens? I'm confused. <laughs> if, the, if it's not off the NW, they, like, don't know what you're talking about. Um there's the R train. There's people. also the R train. There's and like the M. Queens is humongous and, e. and actually the most <laughs> one of the most diverse areas in the country. I think it's the number one. I most think it's diverse the number one county in the country, which I love. Correct. Like I love that. I think that's so special. Um, and just having people be like, "Oh, well, we can't we can't go to your place because you're too far away," or feeling like people don't want to visit, but. Then when people do come, take, for instance, Jimmy, my partner, who's in the other room. Hopefully he doesn't hear me talking behind his back. But um, <laughs> he lives, he's lived in Harlem all 10 years of living here. And he hadn't really spent that much time in Queens. And the first time he visited me, he was like, wait, whoa, this is a cool neighborhood. Yesterday we went for a walk and he was like, do you want, do you want to stay out longer? He was like, do you want to keep walking around? He just like loves the feel of it. That it's a nice mix of kind of a neighborhood, homey, suburban feel, but also the city. Our ab is, it's loud, but there's a lot to do. Um, so I feel like once people do finally visit and see that we have more space as well, that it's, it's just true. a we bit. true, we do have more space. To me, it's more cozy. It feels a little more, you know, homey and like where I grew up, perhaps, in a way. Still the city, but... Um, that feels, it definitely has felt like home for me, and I've been so pleasantly surprised moving to Queens. Um, but yeah, it's there's moments where I have to explain to people, it's just, it's not that far away. Yeah. You can handle it. <laughs> Do you feel this statement, I should like to live here all my life? Ah, whoa. <sighs> 
I mean, that's a really tough question. Yeah, that is a about tough one. New York in general. I feel you. When I moved to New York in 2010, that was definitely my feeling of like I'm gonna be here forever. You know, I'm going to be a Broadway star, just Broadway shows over and over and over. Um, but actually, pretty quickly after I moved here, I was like, maybe I don't want to live here my whole life. Yeah, I, I, I don't know you. if... And I'm from California. I'm a very proud Californian. And anytime I go back, it's always <laughs> that question of, wait, why did I leave California? No. But I love <laughs> New York. I love them both dearly. As far as Queens, I could definitely see myself being here for however long I'm in New York. Yeah. But there is a side. This is your New York home. This is my New York home. However, cool. I, I think that too. Still, I would love, even if it was just for a year, to live back in Manhattan. Um, if if the Upper West Side, if that was able to happen, that would just be fun, like a bucket list type thing for me personally. Um, but there is. I love the Upper West. Side. I know. I just love it. It's so has so many memories it's for me. You've as got well. me in New York. Yeah. Exactly. I it's so romanticized for me. So I don't. I can't say that I see it as my forever home. But I'm also not against it. It's a wonderful place to live. I love Queens, too, because it is so scrappy. Yeah. Um, like, it's definitely such a hodgepodge of design, too. Like, the elements here are very interesting. Like, I when I think of, like, the Upper West Side, there is this, like, aesthetic that Instagram has... Instagram aesthetic. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> has. Like, I think of the Dakota... Uh, I think Am does actually uh-huh. in one of these buildings, yeah, which yes. is the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it has this European flair to it, a little bit more Parisian too, in the terms of like the cafes that are there. There's, a, yeah. I mean, now outdoor cafes are everywhere in the city. Yeah, but there is like <laughs> that sense of. I don't know. I feel like I'm in that New York that the movies yes. like to show. Mm-hmm. Um, I am Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I completely become Meg Ryan. You've got mail. Um, yeah. I love that. And I, I feel that I will agree with you. Like, I don't think Queens is all my life, but this is my New York home. And I know for Patrick, I can't get him to leave. Their he's, roommate this is, is like his only place he, he's lived, this right? This apartment that we are in, Patrick has been in here wow. for 11 years now. and I would never leave, yeah. Accidentally so. there was We almost moved out maybe five, six years ago. We we This apartment just... It's kind of a hard one to leave because, I mean, we will say it outright, our rent reflects the 11 years ago. (laughs) So that is one of the reasons why it makes it pretty hard to leave because we just can't find anything that's... I mean, I this know. affordable. It's pretty great. It's we rare. have space. We have a third we have, bedroom, yeah. We have a third bedroom that is um, an office slash um, dumping ground at the moment. <laughs> but yeah, like this, it does feel like my my home here. And I'm always surprised by Queens when I go for walks. I always find little random treasures. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, just, it's so cool. And there's really, truly so many different cultures here that yeah. just exist side by side. Different restaurants, oh, different God, the food. Yeah, cuisines. It's, it's impeccable for food. So, yeah, yeah this is definitely, I agree with you. Mm. Shout out Queens. We love you. Yes. Yes. Okay. So that's his Queens. The lion, uh, the lion would love to live here. Dorothy, this is where she starts to feel, um, 
perhaps there are wild beasts around. I right? think yeah. I think her hair is on her on uh, her arms or this, starting to stand yeah. up. This feels like a very rugged, different part of their journey in Oz. Everything else has felt obviously they've had their their challenges and their wild areas, but this feels a little more dangerous. There's no path, right? Right. It just kind of feels like okay, we're Cause that, sifting through a yeah. marsh. At least they have the yellow brick road. It doesn't feel like the they road is here. Don't have the road, right. which I think is kind of like getting the rug pulled out from underneath your yeah. feet. Like the one thing you could kind of just stick to, she doesn't have. Right. I would definitely be feeling the way she's as a feeling. meat girl. You know, as a meat girl, <laughs> we're meat girls. <laughs> Hashtag meat girls. The line says, "I suppose there are, but I do not see any of them about." He's really not that that worried. So they continue walking through the forest, and it becomes really dark. I would be freaking out. I'm, I don't really like being outside in the dark, not going to lie, especially being a city girl now. So Dorothy, Toto, the lion, all the meat people lay down to sleep, <laughs> and this is where the woodman and the scarecrow watch over them all night long. How would you be feeling in this moment if you had to sleep in a dark forest? <sighs> wow. <laughs> I would feel burrowed in the lion. Like, I would just... If I think I would be able to sleep if I was, like, in his protection, yeah, I would just be clinging to him. Like I cling to my husband. <laughs> um, so that feels right. I mean, Dorothy has been a nature, no sleeping bag camper yeah. throughout this entire book. Like, she just, I, I picture her, like nestling like cuddling the lions probably old hat at this time i think he takes care of her too i think he has like i think he has the most fatherly maybe too like yeah she's my cub protection yeah i feel like i would feel safe next to him toto's like within her so she can hold on to toto it's she's totally she is in between a sandwich of love like her her little furry friend and her larger furry friend and they have two guards Scarecrow and Tin Woodman just Who keeping watch. Who are on it? Like, they don't miss... He's they got don't his miss, axe. They don't miss a thing. He's violent. Yeah, They're ready. Tin Woodman is a soldier at the drop of a hat. Uh, so, yeah, I think I would sleep okay. Yeah, I could see that. After <laughs> after getting used to it. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing. Like, we keep saying this, too. Like, Dorothy's really invested in this world now. Like, she's... Right. She's understand accepting. it like with the we said with the trees she didn't really bat an eye when the trees mm-hmm. started swinging at them like that's yeah. normal in us so she's totally not startled by much yeah except for this because this is like this what is am probably, i gonna see yeah and it is interesting like we could really feel her fear in this next little description but this yeah. is they start to hear sounds which again Ugh. like that can contribute to a whole lot of Oh, gosh. Your imagination running you can't wild. See the yeah, where the sound is yes. coming from. Oh, here it says they kept along the well-trodden path. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, oh. there is a path. There is a path. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well-trodden. Uh-oh. Who was there before that? The well-trodden <laughs> path. So they came into this is when they come into the opening, and then this yeah. is when they witness the this mass gathering of all these different beasts of every variety. I feel like it's like Noah's Ark. This is dumped out here. This is Jungle Book. (laughs) Yes. And this is an interesting moment. So Dorothy is afraid for a moment, it says. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's interesting. Like, the lion immediately explains that, oh, no, this is okay. They're holding a meeting. Like, he speaks this language. He knows what's happening. Um, And he could just tell that they're upset. Which is so interesting. Like, when we observe maybe a new culture or a new way of existence, we 
could maybe be like, oh, what are they doing? Mm -hmm. Like, this is, I don't understand. But he quickly explains what is happening. Right. um, Gives like a play by play. So she's able to kind of relax and not Mm -hmm. invent in her head what she thinks is happening. Right. Um, I thought that was an interesting little moment of like, oh, yeah, I've definitely had times in my life where I question why someone's doing something and it's not actually what I think they're doing in my head. Right. Um, it's almost like he's a translator in this. Yes. Moment, you know? Yes. Like a new, uh, even a newscaster, like I'm thinking specifically, it's so silly. Like with my football games that I watch my football games, my football games. Uh, I feel like an old lady saying it that way. My football games. <laughs> I know nothing about football. So everything you say sounds cool. But I feel that <laughs> the newscasters are my translator when I don't understand what's going on. I'm like, Oh my God, is he hurt? Like you can't do that. What's like, going on? I'll go yeah. into that place sometimes and like be very vocal and screaming at my television. Like it can, can respond. <laughs> And then the newscasters will kind of explain, like, play that. They'll, like, break it down and normalize it. Like, mm-hmm. think something that I could find, like, is outrageous. A call, a ref call or whatever. Yeah. They'll normalize it or Ooh. just give me, like, why it happened. It's so right. funny. I didn't even think about that until we started talking, like, how Dorothy jumped to a place of this isn't good. And the line is like, no, it's okay. Like, this is actually what's happening. It's all right. Yeah. Let me tell you what's going on. Yeah. Mine is weird. Mine is, I think of... I, I try to stay on the news. Sometimes it's very hard for me to interpret what the heck it, it even means. And I watch a lot of little clips of, like, the late-night talk show hosts. You know, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Seth Meyers. And I feel like they'll, they'll bring out the humor of it or, yeah. you know, just make the jokes to where it's like, oh, okay, I see. I can kind of, even though it's bad, I can, like see this as in more black and white terms as opposed to all of the gray areas when I'm reading it on my own um, and understand it a little more. Interesting. Yeah, completely. I've really been thinking about how I consume my news because Mm. I do take on the news I consume. So I am trying to like have both views represented. It's just hard sometimes for me to even stomach Um, more Republican conservative news sources. For sure. Especially right now, because it's steal the election is backed in absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. There's literally no evidence of this election being rigged. It has been yeah. proven to be one of the most safest elections to ever exist in American history. But yet we have yeah. all this happening. It's, that's also... So what if the lion would like said to you, no, the election was actually rigged. So that's what they're trying to figure out. And she goes, okay. You know what I mean? Ooh, we all have our own translators. Yes. Ah, how did we get here? Em? Yikes. Ah! Well, this is what I was telling you a little, not to get Both too deep into it. Both of our eyes are like <laughs> stunned. Not to get too deep into it. But last night I was telling you, I was watching, I, I love you too, because you can be like, there's a video for everything. So I, there I, is I a video typed for everything. in, you know, original the real story of the first thanksgiving since that's coming up next week and i watched a couple videos and i realized halfway through one that it was a very conservative viewpoint you know so it was filtered through that lens um of you know americans should not feel any remorse for like genocide towards native americans which is wrapped up in thanksgiving and then there was one of um native american teenage girls basically being like, here's what we do on Thanksgiving. And then at the end, they were sitting in front of this table of Thanksgiving food. And at the end, they just flip the table, like, screw you. 
And uh, it was just interesting, and it, it left me a little more conf- not confused, but it it almost felt like, oh gosh, this is why there's so much disagreement, or nothing is cut and dry because everyone is looking to their own translators. And in the comments of each wow. video, people were very different opinions, but very in their own camps. I mean, we could say this for so many different things. I love that you brought up, um, like, trying to relearn Indigenous culture through visuals, like, through Mm -hmm. videos and interviews. And what that, I mean, yeah, like, who gets to tell the story? Who gets to actually say this is what happened, too? Like, that's a whole other thing. Even I'm feeling this right now. I am doing a little business venture of my own. And I'm at YouTube University. It's what I'm calling it. So I'm like, wow, I don't know what I'm doing. But, like, this is... You could really get a free education on YouTube, though it's overwhelming. That's why I think you don't want to do that. It's I don't know if if I can trust this person that I just found who's talking very confidently about this one site to use to sell clothing on or whatnot. I'm like, should I trust this person? Like, they're talking about this very confidently. Like, how much more should I kind of shop around and listen and kind of go with my gut? Mm -hmm. It's so crazy, but it's so true. Like... Then at the end, sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, and I have an affiliate link. And I'm like, oh. Right, 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 right. So it's just, like, wild. Like, ah, like, do you actually really like them? Are they paying you to say this? Like, there's so many questions that can come up. Right. This is everywhere. I think, like, choosing our translators. Mm -hmm. Because, obviously, we can't be at at the front line for everything. No. No, we can't. I need people to help me understand certain things. Like, that's when I, when I go to a doctor, too, even. And, like, I know I've done everything possible and they can't, like... I guess, like, shed more light on certain things. Mm-hmm. I get a little like, well, what am I here for? You're my, you're, I need you to tell Help me what me. to do. Like, yeah. yeah. That's why I'm here because I, I don't know. I've exhausted my resources. Right. And, and now they're I'm looking not to working. someone who has a degree and you're in this. Telling me, I don't know. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, okay. That's frightening. To keep, you know, which is fair because it also, like, my, I will be honest with my situation. Like I recently this summer went, um, for better menstruation health. I'll just be honest. Um, and my doctor kind of didn't really give me any solace other than my tests came back all good. So that was good. But, like, didn't really give me anything I didn't know. Yeah. And I was like, well, what am I here for? <laughs> that is disappointing. I, I had that, you know, a couple months back. And it's almost like when that's happened to me, it's like, okay, well, at least nothing bad. At least they're not telling me something bad. Yes. Or telling me further information. Because that's always my fear with medical things is that I'm missing something or... Right. My brain goes to that like bad thing of, oh gosh, yeah. I have a disease or something. So, but it is for us, it is frightening when the person, the only person, doctors who have like this wealth of knowledge that the general public doesn't have, doesn't really know. Like one answer I've gotten is like, well, everyone's different. Every Everyone's body is different. So I don't know exactly, which I guess makes sense, but it's also. That's a big okay. part of it, which right. I totally embrace, especially when it comes to like menstrual cycles. Right. We all have our own experience with that, yeah. which makes it very tricky for a masculine led health industry to define because yeah. I mean, who cycles True. 28 days? Get out. Mine is not. Yeah. I was like, get out. Like that. there is like. It's that's so and that being like normalized, like that's what you're supposed to get. But it's like maybe yeah. my body doesn't do that. Like right. so much of menstrual cycle is um, understanding your own tempo and rhythm and yeah. embracing the different phases, which 
women are not really taught unless you seek it, like, very specifically. Like, it's not mainstream culture. No. Which I challenge. Like, I challenge all of that being more... Yes, mainstream. Please. We were talking we're yesterday. Talking oh my god, we had such a funny conversation. We were remembering our like <laughs> fifth grade uh, puberty uh, health education videos, and I remember oh, specifically. And I was trying to find it on YouTube. I was like, someone has to put yeah, this on you YouTube. Guys find it. Oh my goodness, it was. I, so this was probably like ninety, late nineties, because that's when I was in fifth grade, ninety-eight. Um, there was a scene in mine where the young girl gets her period and she goes to go get tampons and pads and her crush is there and she oh, is mortified. Oh, embarrassing. And hiding everything. And I was like, this video literally taught me to shame yeah. and hide my period. Yeah. So what are we teaching young women? I hope Terrible that's not things. the case today. I do remember, shout out to the American Girl book yeah. on puberty and like embracing your changes being very good yeah. like I remember I loved Thank that you book for that felt very seen in it. and I know there's I mean as we progress forward there's so much more um normalization yeah, yeah. of stuff that like why did we shame people for this <sighs> especially like menstrual cycles are so normal it is a it is a natural act a feminine bodies. It is different for every woman. It is a sensitive subject sometimes mm-hmm. for every woman, but I think it's sensitive because we feel this like trying to normalize it when yeah. it's not about that. It's about like listening to your body. I love that we just yeah. went down this rabbit hole, but it's actually really interesting because this is like we're in an untamed yeah. part of the of, of Oz, and I feel like menstrual cycles is an untamed oh part gosh. of womanhood well i love talking about menstrual cycles and i do too i and think here it's we are. so interesting and and if we have like male identifying mm-hmm. listeners right now i really encourage you to give a shit <laughs> just Thank gonna say you. it please like give if, a there's shit. always that idea of like if men were the ones who menstruated and not women, it would be like, oh, yeah, take the day off. You're amazing. <laughs> like, it would be a powerful thing. Like, my flow is stronger. You know, like, it would probably become that. Um, That's hilarious. Right? I've thought of that alternate universe. Um, I've also thought of, like, writing a book about that where it was like, the tables are turned, you know. But I actually took a, a college course. It was, I forgot what it was exactly called, but it was, like, <laughs> menstrual representation in media and me or something. And I signed up for that. I was so excited. It was taught by a man. So like looking back, excuse me, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But there, I remember there was one of my friends came to the class who is a man, um, walked into the class on the first day and the teacher said the title of the course. And he was like, wait, what is this? Because I guess on the course online, when you had to sign up, it like cut off the word menstruation. It, it was like media and me or something. And it was actually called media and menstruation. And he thought, wait, what? But he was like, cool, I'm down. I'm down to talk about this. Wow. So I took a whole hilarious. course on it. And that was really focusing on exactly what you said of how menstruation is portrayed in the media. It's embarrassing. It's shameful. And how that leads to, you know, women feeling a certain way and not, you know, being able to talk about it with men in particular. So that was a really cool class. 
Listen, I let my husband know everything. <laughs> Here's what's going I mean, on. It's kind of amazing. I think it's I I love getting my period. It's weird. I know the the, it, it, the like, days before me to my body. I am absolutely insane. Like the days yeah. before I go into like a weird fog. I had one happen. I have my period right now. I Woo! had it happen. Yes, I had it happen <laughs> this weekend where I was like in a very yeah, foggy badgered down like heavy mental state and just really having trouble feeling anything like I in that mess this is a normal swing for me with my menstruation cycle but I know like if I embrace that and just let it be cry yeah be a rainstorm like I think it's also with connecting menstrual cycles to nature I think mother nature could teach us a lot like especially yeah. when this was happening it was like literally thundering like yeah oh yeah there was that storm insane on over this past weekend and I was like oh my gosh let me just allow myself to be what mother nature is doing right now because that's what I feel I need in order to Mm -hmm. let these feelings sensations go yeah and I think that's a beautiful invitation of that's what I feel like my pre-menstruation is always like it's like a release through emotions yeah. But I resist it, like, because I was taught to never show that. Yeah. So it's, like, years of unlearning, uh, like, a wall, almost like a wall be- that I have to, like, climb over to just get those emotions to pour on over. Yeah. And then when I actually start bleeding, it's, like, release. Like, I feel so good. As much <laughs> as, like, there could be some pain in it. For sure. I don't, my mental state is, like, this is when I feel the most connected to mother for sure. Earth, like I notice the colors. Like I'm looking out my window right now, mm-hmm. and I definitely like feel connected to just nature yeah. in general and like vibrancy. I yeah. feel that. So that's like super mm, cool. And like beautiful. you know, I'm like I'm all about let's bring back that red tent time because that's it, yeah. Menstruation used to be something that was honored in cultures. Yeah. Women used to disappear into a loving, womb-like space mm. to be taken care of by other women. That'd be amazing. I would love to bring that With, back. With, like, just having, like, a heating pad and, like, mm. books I love and, my like, quietness pads. and, like, like I don't know, another woman stroking my hair. I would just, like, <laughs> I'll do that for you, Tara. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. Heaven. I feel like I've been trying with my period to not just, like, move through it and and get past it but actually pay attention and be like well it's okay that these few days out of the month you're feeling a certain way and it's not always down sometimes for me it's like uh, I get so tired with it but other times it's maybe an energy or yeah an empathy or who knows actually paying attention to it and not just letting it be like oh that annoying thing which it it, it can be annoying it totally but also just letting it kind of be a part of my journey as a woman I also think our periods listen to us. Like if we really, um, mm-hmm. if we need to feel like, say there's things you can't control. Say you need to have a ton of energy and you're like going to hit your like heaviest, oh hardest gosh, day. Yeah. I do think there are ways to communicate and talk to your body. Cause even I remember like for my wedding, my period was very close to coming on no! my wedding. And I was like, oh, please. I just was like, Hey girl, I would talk <laughs> to my body and just be like, please anything like just hold off yeah. a couple days. Yeah. And, like, I would do it, like, how I am right now. Like, I'm, yeah. like, touching my shoulders, like, kind of mm. hugging myself. That's how I would do it. Also talk to nature to be like, hey, girl, could you... <laughs> please help us out. Please allow us to be 
on in the green grass taking photos and have our ceremony outside she totally did (gasps) i think you have to talk to your body and talk to nature and and honestly i think when you're truly talking she listens and you also surrender your expectations which is wonderful yeah and like my period i think came like two days after my wedding like it was perfect and it it literally rained like cats and dogs the day after our wedding right you like you spoke to mother nature and she listened my iphone app the weather (laughs) app said rain every like literally every time i checked but it was a beautiful day and it was a beautiful day yeah amazing day nature lessons and um well that was a fun rabbit hole that was a fun unexpected rabbit hole i didn't even think of any of that one last thing just on the topic of menstruation yeah my biggest pet peeve no shade second time saying that no shade (laughs) to anyone who has said this to a woman but when a man in particular says i feel so bad for women i'm so sorry that you have to go through that i feel so bad and, like, that must be terrible. It makes me want to punch them in the <laughs> face. And I've taken to being, like, I don't say that. Like, don't feel bad. It means I, it, can get, I could give life. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I actually it's have the biggest cool. power. Want, you know, a, a huge power to create. Um, so just PSA, you know, <laughs> maybe don't say that. Yeah. And it's just a part of, like, I think our culture is so complicated when yeah. it comes to... Oh, the female body in general. Yeah. In general of regulation of it, which that's a whole other thing. (laughs) And yeah. And the embracing of the messier parts of it. Yeah. Because messy doesn't mean. Messy doesn't mean you should have to hide it. No. I think the messiness of of it is what's magical. Yeah. Um, Yeah. All right. Well, Well. (laughs) let's hit it back with the lion. So. Back into the chapter. Here we are. This is now where we meet the tiger. Who the I tiger. love that you said that you think it's the hungry tiger. Because I, totally, I didn't even think that. It's perfect. I totally think it's the hungry tiger. And he explains to the lion, like, everything that's happening. with the They're, they're saying, oh, here's another thing I was thinking on. We are all threatened, is what he says to the lion after he asks, what is your trouble? And then he explains the spider um, and how dominating it is and how it drags other animals of the kingdom with its legs and puts it into them and puts them into its mouth. And it just, Mm. it feels like a really awful, brutal way to take other animals. It just feels so brutal. Um, And I love this little line in here. He said, we had to call a meeting to decide how to take care of ourselves when you came among us. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we don't have to go too, too deep into this, but this is where my insect eating comes back up. Oh, gosh, okay? tell me. <laughs> We're circling back. I was thinking, like, okay, we are all threatened. What do we feel that with right now? And, like, what should we be gathering about at roundtables and having serious discussions so we all know how to take care of ourselves. And I immediately mm. went to the environment as, like, climate change is yeah. still a huge elephant in the room in our country. Interestingly enough, my first little um, magical oracle Google search brought up BBC News, brought up Canadian News. I was like, oh, where's um, where's, the, where's, the, where's anything the US? from us? Uh, I don't see no it. No contributions. It, it just was, like, not as this needs to be happening. Like the articles that I were finding and that, that's just telling in itself. Like, yeah. and I will take, I take that as like, Oh, I think we're behind. Like we're severely we're behind, behind in the game yeah. We're I don't know what our thoughts are. I think there's 
a lot of fear around um, industries tanking and what that's going to mean to the economy because we have so many industries that don't that do run on effective to our environment. Um, they're actually polluting and harmful to our environment and yeah. not willing to change, which is ah, it's just like mind boggling. Yeah. So I was thinking that. Mm. And I wrote down some things because, like, this has actually been another tiny little thing happening in our apartment, in our household. It's just trying to understand what we can do as, like, a little apartment family. Because I think with anything, like, we talk about racism. We talk about um, wellness in general. Um, All these, like, things we kind of were spoon-fed other truths with. We have to start with ourselves. Like, I think it's almost ridiculous to go running out to an organization and just pledging your support when you have no you idea how to do what, it for yourself. how to do it for your own home. You're just yeah. going to be more confused. It's yeah. going to be more chaos for yourself. Yeah. Um, so same thing with, okay, what can I do at my home? Right. Mm-hmm. So we started composting here, which Woo! is so easy and so like easy. fun. Like yeah. I kind of even love, like I love scraping my coffee beans. I, know. I love like seeing the colors of the vegetable scraps. Like there is something really fun. It's a very I cool process. I truly think in like 20 years from now, I hope this, like that the kids, be... like my kids will be like, you didn't compost. I know. I know. And like, look at me like I'm a lunatic and I will be like, mom's generation was a little behind. I know. I always think of future generations in terms of climate change, of being like, why didn't you guys, why weren't you guys doing more? That's what we feel with racism right now. Of course. Where were your conversations? There's always going to be that for future generations, but I love what you're saying with starting with yourself because it's, it's the climate. Like it feels so overwhelming. It feels massive, but it truly Um, is going to take all of us shifting. Yeah. It starts with us. Even if just we all, every single person shifted a little more to more plant-based meals you don't have to go full vegan, but just bringing in a little more vegetables and fruits and a little bit less meat. Yes. Um, that would make a huge, huge difference. There's something I want to share based off of what you just said, actually. I was confused by like, okay, what, why are people telling me not to eat meat? If Mm -hmm. that is, I didn't understand like the why behind that. So I just wanted to share this with our listeners and ourselves just to get, I think a little bit more of like, oh, okay, this is why. The food industry and in particular, the meat and dairy sector, they are the most important contributors to climate change. Um, This is what shook me. If cattle were their own nation, they would be the world's third largest emitter of greenhouse gases after China and the U.S. The meat industry contributes to global warming in three major ways. So firstly, cows burping from processing food releases lots of methane, a greenhouse gas. Secondly, we feed them with other potential sources of food like maize and soy, which makes for a very inefficient process. And finally, they also require lots of water, fertilizers that can Mm -hmm. release a green can release greenhouse gases and plenty of land, some of which come from cleared forests, another source of carbon emissions. So by reducing your consumption of animal protein by half, you can cut your diet's carbon footprint by more than 40%. And this is what I loved. You don't have to go vegetarian or vegan to make a difference. Right. Cut down gradually and become a flexitarian. Flexitarian. I'm like, I can be a flexitarian. That sounds like a worthy invitation. And like, I can do that. Um, Mm. Yeah. Oh, and they share like 
the tiny way is like you looking at yourself, like what we just shared. And then like a larger scale approach could be something like banning meat across an organization. Um, WeWork mm-hmm. did this in 2018. There's oh. no meat there. Wow. So very interesting. Um, just to start looking at like, okay, what does it mean for me to be a flexitarian? How flexitarian. can I limit my, yeah, my meat intake, which I would say is pretty high. Like my, I definitely have meat every day. I don't think I go but I'm like, what if I could start with like eliminating one day a week and just start working? Yeah, or one meal. Yeah, I did read in one of these articles that eating insects is a good way to get protein, and I was like, oh god! But I was like, but how? But how? But um, like, well, yeah, like, like off my lawn, survival, off my lawn. Like, how are we getting them? <laughs> I'm gonna go scavenging the spiders that we mentioned that crawl in our room. Ah! We could just like little snack. But yeah, on like those survivor shows, Naked and Afraid, they're always searching for insects as a good source of protein. So, and I don't think it would harm our environment. That's the whole point of it. I mean, just from a quick Google search, highly nutritional. Like what kind? They're like rich grasshoppers. In, they're rich in protein. No insects in general. Ew, All of the them? photo is horrifying. Nope, I'm good. Healthy fats, <laughs> iron, and calcium. Just it's the legs. It's the legs. I don't want to eat their legs. Um, but what if that, what if eating here insects, it is. here it is. In fact, the authors of the FAO report claim that insects are just as, if not more nutritious than commonly consumed meats, such as beef. Well, that's what I'm saying. The reason that I'm squeamish about this is because it's not normalized, but eating a cow is normalized eating a that cow we is see in pet and name. Yep. So I bet in other cultures, perhaps, or countries eating insects might be more normalized perhaps it's, I don't know yeah but just imagine if if we had grown up being like oh yeah you can eat this spider We'd, it'd be it would feel much more normal so no it's just so not yeah it's not a part of our culture so we're like but yet we eat rejected like, farm animals you know right. so okay it's saying ah. yeah I'm on a, a site called eatquickster.com and they're saying <laughs> eating insect meat is resource efficient Protein is an essential nutrient for human survival, so the best use of the Earth's land, water, and other resources is the production of food that provides it. So, yeah, again, it's I didn't know that it linked this intensely to being an alternative to beef. I did <laughs> like, not know Beef that. is so big to me, and insects are so small. But I guess it's the same sustenance, same yes. energy. Insect farm farming versus livestock is I something they present on here. Did not know, and it breaks down the greenhouse gas, like how much better that is for the environment. Wow! So, is, ooh, is I, this the next hipster uh, <laughs> wave eating insects? I mean, Brooklyn. <laughs> I think even of Harry Potter, like the chocolate grasshoppers, yes. like yeah. that's just so fun. But yeah, wow. okay. I do. I do just want to quickly share um, in within this. So yeah, we've talked about like looking at our diets. But here's some other ways, listeners, in case you're wondering like how yes. to decrease your own carbon footprint. So unplugging is really good. Just like unplugging y- yourself, <laughs> but <laughs> also not having lights on all the time. Making sure if your computer's charged, get it out of the charger. I don't think about these things. Like even if you're not using your TV, unplug it. I was like, what? I try to do that when I'm away from our apartment for a day or two. I'll unplug everything. Everything. Lamps and everything. But it's mostly because I'm very paranoid about like, it's going to catch on fire while I'm away. True, true, true. (laughs) But that's a, that's a smart idea to just unplug things. 
Yeah, that um, you don't need to have plugged in because it's true. Yeah. Like, I don't need to have... Like, right now, we actually have no lights on because the sunlight is lovely. Mm-hmm. I have my twinkle lights on right now. Yeah. So that's something. Yeah. But, yeah, I could have my chargers not plugged in at this moment. They could be wow. out. So that's that's one little way. Yeah. Um, looking for things with the Energy Star label when you do buy new appliances. Mm. Getting energy-efficient light bulbs. Yes. Um, we talked about eating less meat. Um, also, that will reduce the Earth's heat in general. That's yeah. also the other big thing. That's to a huge part of it. Yes. Buying organic and local. Local. Yes. I mean, if you have the ability, this is like one of my big dreams is to grow your own vegetables, your own herbs. I know. Um, don't waste. Always figure out what you can do with the food. If it is composting the food, yeah. um, just try trying not to waste. Eat the food. <sighs> donate the food. Whatever. Yeah. Um, with transportation. That's the big one. Yeah, that's and why the big I love one. living in New York City. Yes. Because, I mean, not everywhere has that ability right. to not drive a car. But that's a huge one. I think having that's a car, as I'm about to buy a car with my husband, yeah. is a wonderful thing to have. Like, I think everyone should have one, but use sparingly. And there's also a lot of energy-efficient cars out there. Yes. You know? Um, I was reading recently, because I guess part of... President-elect Biden's big platform, a big part is climate, is the climate, which I really appreciate. So I'm curious. I was reading more about some of his plans. but And just trying to understand policies that can be put, be put into mm-hmm. place. And a big one was, you know, subsidizing these kinds of cars that are going to be yeah. more helpful. Because a lot of people don't know they exist or are confused about them making biking cool making biking safe yeah, like exactly. having biker lanes yeah. everywhere like that's so important yeah. and you just brought up the last point i was going to make is vote for people who actually care who about care. climate change if right. they are saying nothing about climate change do not vote for them this mm-hmm. is the ultimate threat like we just this saw a big deal. with this crazy spider that is looming and destroying this kingdom and they can't do anything about it. We're going to learn that all the other lions were destroyed by the spider. They were gone. Yeah. They were taken. So there were lions and they were taken by the spider. I love they were it. smaller, right? They say that they were smaller, smaller than, than our cowardly lion. I love what you mentioned of like voting for people because in the article I read, I'll try to find it. It was New York Times and it mentions AOC as well. She's My girl. big on that. Um, My queen. If you're, if the person <laughs> you're voting for is more concerned about keeping the ener- energy industry afloat than protecting our planet. Question maybe, that. Maybe that's something to look into. Or just research And as ourselves. It. Do I yes. care more about money or blah, 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 X, Y, Z, than actually our planet? Because, like, we have to be here, hopefully, for a, a while left. And I personally think our winters in New York have been... Like, when I moved here, I feel like it was really Winter. cold and now snow. Now it's wild. Yeah. Right now, it looks like a July day outside. <laughs> it's November. Maybe not July, but it does look quite warm. So, it's, it's you know, I think we're going to start seeing even more physical I ramifications. I think we've become a parasite for Mother Earth. I really <sighs> do. And she is giving us the ultimate. This is the olive branch, and we have to show up for before this olive it's branch. Like, before it's too late. Before it's we have, in our faces, like we this moment with this have. Fire. I will say these words, and I say this with, like, this is what we have done. We've raped and pillaged this country, this land, this land. Yeah. Um, and done things that were insensitive to the ent- the environment as a whole. 
um, Mm -hmm. the oxygen, the errors that we breathe, like we've really messed with a lot of it. So yeah, it's sickening. And 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 I take responsibility. Same. Like I am a part part. of this. We all are. And it's confusing, you know, actually Jimmy should come on here. Like he, (laughs) when I met him was on a zero waste journey. Yeah. It's, he said it's really hard now with you know, the pandemic, sure. um, you have to there's order a lot. You, there's a lot that I think the pandemic has made yeah. us surrender, especially like cost effective. Mm-hmm. Cheaper things are usually not yeah. the good things for the environment, yeah. which is also another That's really annoying sad. part. Yeah. Yes. But he has done so much research and realized that it, you have to start with like little things. You can't be like, I'm zero waste now. He had no, to figure out, yeah. okay, grocery shopping. I have to get the tins and go to Whole Foods and have them weigh the tin. And then I put the things in the tin as opposed to just buying bulk of a bag. Um, so there, there's so much to learn about. But there are a lot of blogs out there, um, you know, bloggers who are zero waste or on that journey. So there's information out there. But it just takes some extra searching. I think it also requires us to slow down. And that's like one of the most... I think, especially New especially Yorkers. In New York. Yeah, like it's we just were like just, fast, fast, fast. I don't like, have time. No, I just want to order it and yeah. like it be here. Yeah, but yeah, I think we are Something being to asked think about. to just figure out where can we make some little tiny shifts. It's yeah. interesting. So I think. Climate change can be something that can connect us all. I think we were on the po- like on the Instagram this week, just talking about the now going back to the attack of the fighting trees. Um, like what was you know upsetting to us about that chapter and relaying it to mm-hmm. right now, and I think something that came up was just like all we want is for people to stop hurting one another, and I think climate change can be how we unite. Yeah, and you know scientists go to school for a very long time to tell us what's up. You yeah. know, I think yeah. we can start trusting them yes, a little please. bit more. Um, I want to yeah. as a nation, and yeah. Amen. Thank you for bringing that up. I wasn't expecting it to go there, but it is, I think, a huge... And eat some insects. You know, try it out. <laughs> See which ones you like. Pick them up. Let us know. Tell us if you find a cockroach. Insect and, buffet. Oh, God. And you just, you know, you fry a little... That's horrifying. Okay. Don't think I can go there. I don't know there. if I'm fully on board with that yet, but, you know, I'm willing to save Mother Earth, so... Okay, well, continuing on. So, um, they called the meeting... And the lion thinks for a moment. And yeah, as you mentioned, he asks if there are any other lions to help out. There were some, but the monster ate them all. That's terrifying. And none were as large and brave as the, as the cowardly lion, ironically. All right. I love in your bullets that you mentioned. All right. The lion is a bit of an opportunist in this moment. Totally. He kind of sees, oh, totally I am needed. I just got this this new courage from the wizard. This I wrote down this like is it. this, this is, the is test. his dream scenario that this he's dream been roll. dreaming. <laughs> this is his dream role. He's always said he's always felt maybe belittled or insecure around the other forest animals. He's not known in this forest, right? It's and a fresh slate. And so now to have this new courage from the wizard, whatever that means to you, to mm-hmm. have this. This beast that only he can slay and people looking to him as their hero. This is his Marvel movie. This is his dream. This is his fantasy. We all have that fantasy when we fall asleep. And this is his. So he asks, all right, well, if I do this, will you bow down to me and obey me as king of the forest? Twist. Massive twist. 
But they are so into it. They're like, yes, please. We will do that gladly. <laughs> please. Yes, please help us. All the beasts roar. We will. He says, all right, where's the great spider? The I tiger. have to. I just have to quickly say. Yes. yes. This feels like such a wizard move. <laughs> like he learned something from the wizard. Oh, man, he does. Yeah. Totally. You know how yeah. I think of like politicians who start out with a pretty grassroots approach and they have, you know, they have no corporate money and they're all about mm. values and they're all about community and humanity. And then you just start to see some things kind of just switch more over to yeah. capitalist traits or just more corporate values right because that's like often where the money is and the support is because we all need money and support to get things done yeah so you see some of their um messaging shift the lion feels like he got a little bit of that right because in an ideal maybe world he would glad he wouldn't say that he would gladly say hope that would happen i'll just he would hope secretly that maybe he'd receive acknowledgement no he makes a deal but (laughs) he's like y'all i'm not doing anything unless you let me become your ruler they're happy to yeah so i guess it works out it totally works out um so the tiger points uh yonder among some oak trees um, that that is where the spider is. And then we get into it. The lion, he is sweet in this moment. Take good care of these friends of mine. Yeah, and I'll cute. go at once. He's very uh, intentional in this moment. He's going right now. There is no time to waste. The enemy is what he calls the spider creature. Mm-hmm. The great spider. The great spider. I mean, it really, like we said, was not a fair fight. This is what I'm saying. The spider was... Like, knocked out. This like. <laughs> spider was fast asleep when the lion discovers him. The coarse black hair detail makes me cringe. That's the one that gets me. I mean, the details are pretty wonderful, actually. Yeah, this to, is a good description. Cr- yeah, definitely you feel the monstrosity. A row of sharp teeth a foot long. And the pudgy body with the neck as slender as a wasp. That's waist. creepy. How does he hold his head up? But that's where the lion sees the vulnerability, and that's he it. snaps the neck, and that's it. And he, I mean, this detail of the... He waits for the legs to stop wiggling <laughs> until he knew it was quite dead. And that's kind of where this chapter ends. He goes back, he's proud, and he has this beautiful line of, you need fear, your enemy no longer. And you can just feel Dramatic. his, like, movie moment. Like, dun, 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 dun. I see the image of him at the top of this chapter. And you know what? The crown is probably actually on his head now. You they know? were like, you are a ruler for sure. Here you go. Well, I can't wait for him to have a, a true ceremony. I, I bet there will be something. I definitely envision some circle of life action yeah. happening. Just like if everyone's starting to bow, like all the animals starting to bow down to I the lion. I love that moment in the musical. His uh, his song, If I Were King of the Forest. Like he has that moment with like, he gets the robe, he gets the crown, he walks around, everyone, monarch of all you survey. <laughs> that's, a, that's a cute moment. He actually has that like moment. Yes, I'm, I'm, um, I'm excited for him to have that moment. I think they have to kind of do a little speedy transition here. Right. But yeah, it's beautiful too that he also will not leave Dorothy. Yeah. He says he's not going to return to rule over them until Dorothy is safely on her way to Kansas. So that's cool. He's not brainwashed by power. Well, it makes you think, like, oh, I just, 
I'm thinking about like when you allow your day and your yeah, he's not brainwashed at all. You allow your day or your goal, what have you, that you were going to do be interrupted by someone else's that you care about. Yeah. Um, I was recently, um, I had a day that I had some friends reach out with needing help on projects. And I felt like the little tinge of like, do you have the time to do this? But I was like, no, this is what you love to do. Like, I also know this is like a strong Mm. suit of mine. I can just kind of show up and just be me. So let me, let me just do this. Yeah. And it was wonderful to like let go my to-dos and be there for this person because it's like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day what do I rather be known for like sticking meticulously to a schedule that I created that means really (laughs) nothing or like it wasn't I won't even say like I'm not pumping myself up or anything like going out of my way it wasn't that it was just like what you prioritize yeah it just was seeing this person needed help and I was I that's something that took priority for that day yeah yeah and I I encourage anyone to just go with those feelings of, like, this is what brings me joy, and it also brings other people joy, and that sometimes matters more than a deadline. (laughs) 100%. You know, I don't know. I think about this all the time with... Especially a self-imposed deadline. Yeah. I... That's my, my recent like life motto I'm a being not a doer yes because I fall into doing things checking them off the list the to-do list oh we are a society who loves a notepad yeah a checklist and I've been trying to not even make them anymore because (laughs) my massive one is somewhere (laughs) which sometimes works sometimes doesn't I'm still trying to figure it out but the moments where I'm getting more caught up in the doing and checking Mm -hmm. things off than actually even with like teaching, th- sometimes I'll be like, I'll harp on getting it right. Or, well, that pitch was not yeah. exactly right. But are you thinking of the person singing the pitch? Do they need you to harp on the pitch over and over right now? Do they need you to just encourage them? Do they need to move on to something? And just letting go of oh the God, need yes. to get it done correctly, which sometimes is what needs to be done. But yeah, that idea of I'm a being... Not a, I'm a human being, not a human doer. I don't just do things for the sake of doing them. I, I'm alive and being, and I'm connected to other humans. I love that you brought that up. Well, it's all... This is a <sighs> wonderful chapter. Like, the lion... This is fun. Really, like, this is an eye-opening world that we got to, like, dive into with just, like, looking at, like, what is our threat right now? What um, yeah. what would we say I should like to live here all my life to? Mm-hmm. I mean, all of this, just especially our untamed conversations. Um, Shout regarding, out menstruation. Like, regarding the wild <laughs> nature of a feminine body, which is beautiful. Yeah. So I have to just thank the lion for the confidence to talk about some things that maybe I've never talked about on a public platform. Yeah. You know? Thank you, lion. Thanks, Lion. And thanks for taking care of our girl, Dorothy, and making sure she gets... He's her protector. She gets to the South. He really just wants that South cooking, you know? Yeah, me too. Same. I'm excited um, for our next chapter, The Country of the Quadlings. Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Oh, look at your illustration. Just the title page, y'all. Get ready. This will be weird. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye.
If you want to continue to get your eyes on, head on over to our Technicolor scrapbook on Instagram at DownTheYellowBrickPod. You can also email us any comments, ideas, or questions at downthewybp at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, we'd be over the rainbow with gratitude. If you do, you'll be entered into a very special raffle at the end of the season to win a personalized Oz surprise as a token of our appreciation. Stay tuned for our Patreon coming soon this fall. Thank you for joining us, and we can't wait for our brick roads to cross again here on Down the Yellow Brick Pod.